Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes! Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. It's time for blood round. It's time, it's time for blood round. Blood. Kevin grew up restless, heavily invested. Time he did the same, so they have similar perspectives. The knowledge is extensive. Go ahead and mail the questions. It's blood round of best web wrestling presence. Collectively, they bless your ears each week with the podcast. Put their right share post tweet. Not a place that you can go to hear about a touchdown or field goal or home run, but you can hear about blood round. No jump shots, no puck stops, no fake kicks in the wall run, but just high cross front headlines. And Jordan Bros with a blast double so Throw a match. It ain't real wrestling if it's in a ring with no head, give a single list. Single best show coming at you now. If you skip an episode, that means you tap down. Make sure you make weight, better shed a couple pounds. Throw a mat down. Listen, cause it's time for blood round. It's time for blood round now. 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 It's time for blood round. Yeah! thought i had something big coming i don't i'm just i'm really really excited for this episode i'm standing up i'm so excited oh man it is it's gonna be a good one this is episode 109 of the blood round wrestling podcast that's my lucky number that is kevin clonch over there what's up i'm tommy baranowski mm-hmm. unfiltered greatness coming at you the blood round wrestling podcast Bloodround.com is the website, uh, at Bloodround on Twitter, at Clonchinator. You want to follow Kevin? Kevin runs the Facebook page. Go over there and give it a like. And uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, all those different podcatchers out there, you can find us there as well if you're listening on the go. So check us out everywhere. Subscribe, rate, and review. Um, We always appreciate it when you do such things. And, uh, you know, don't be afraid to send a question. Reach reach us. Uh, Reach out and... Touch us. We got plenty of questions. Reach out and touch me. How are you feeling? We, uh, oh, so we, great. We wrestled on Saturday. We yeah. went to a uh, practice over the Thanksgiving weekend. And, um, man, I, uh, <laughs> I'm not in wrestling shape. Yeah, dude. So one of my biggest downfalls and i said to said it to you at the end of practice i was like yeah there were so many times i wanted to quit but i've never done that before and i don't know how <laughs> so like we we start off drilling and we're rolling around with the forest hills central guys and we appreciate it again brad anderson fire up chips yeah brad anderson is just one of those good guys too i mean you just got to i mean he he runs a nice ship over there and good kids oh yeah you got to love it it's it's all great um, but yeah, I mean, like we start, you know, Hey, we're going to, we're drilling these takedowns and then 
All right, we're going to do some situations, and then we're going to get into live, and then and then it's like two hours later, and I'm exhausted, <laughs> and I'm wrestling with 189-pounders, and I don't weigh that much. So I, I laugh because about halfway through the practice, or maybe uh, two-thirds of the way through the practice, Brad asked me to come up and just talk about Blood Round a little bit, and uh, we did warn the kids it's not safe for work and explicit rated, so don't don't you worry too much. But yeah. Uh, um, we're upfront about that. We're not trying to corrupt <laughs> America's youth, uh, but uh, intentionally, intentionally at least. Yeah. But um, uh, but we wanted to talk about kind of following wrestling and that kind of stuff. And I was like, all right, um, <laughs> I felt like a fat kid who just went up three flights of stairs. Like I'm like trying to gain my breath as I'm talking to the guys. Uh, it was just terrible. from the Adam Sandler. Oh, what one, one of the things I, I loved about it though was there were a few times when I was wrestling where I was like. He created a little bit of a scramble, got elbow deep on a leg, and I'm just like, okay, if I just you know get up and drive and finish, I'm I'm good here. And my knees just like were like, no, I don't know, I don't know if you got the memo, but we don't we don't do that anymore. Yeah, yeah. we don't. <laughs> you're you're gonna have to figure it out from down here, man. Like we're not we're not getting up. <laughs> I, I had the problem of I would get up with the leg, and then I'd remember, oh, you you don't finish from here very well. <laughs> you got to get back on the mat. I'd have the leg in the air, and I'd be like, oh, I guess I'll just let it go now. I'm too tired to finish this. Yeah, I really had to resort to old man tricks, but um, yeah. apparently, yeah, not being on the mat for a good eight, nine months and then just deciding, oh, I'm going to go full bore for a couple hours is, is just not uh, not in the cards. So this morning, I mean, that was Saturday, right? This yeah. is Tuesday morning. I get up, and... You know, you're still sore those first couple of days. I'm not 100% yet, but I'm feeling pretty good. And then I go to do some pull-ups today, and I'm like, oh, you actually hurt your shoulder. It's not just sh- just sore. Like, the rest of the soreness is gone, but your shoulder doesn't work the way it's supposed to. So my left arm's not the same, but don't tell my wife. She'll never let me go again. I do love that, like, Kevin's always like, yeah, I told Elise I was just basically coming to hang out. Yeah, I'm not, <laughs> not going to wrestle live. Don't, don't wrestle worry. Am I stupid? <laughs> and then meanwhile, Kevin's wrestling full bore for two hours. <laughs> well, I, probably, I don't know when the next one I'm going to get to go to is. So it's a good two hours. Oh, fantastic stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's uh, – you have a good Thanksgiving otherwise, though, and everything? Or? Solid, yeah. Uh, I had one Thursday and Saturday with the same family, so that was fun. Uh, <laughs> and then I had leftovers on Sunday. So we had practice Saturday. I weighed 160 pounds after practice, and then I got home after Thanksgiving dinner, and I weighed 168 pounds. Nice. So that was good. <laughs> I know there's some water weight there, but I put in some work at the dinner table. So It's good to hear. Yeah. Good to hear. Yeah, man, just a long good weekend needed it after being sick though too man yeah and, you yeah, know yeah. a couple good workouts and and actually being able to sleep a bit man I, I feel so much better so much more fired up for for blood round purposes yeah first and foremost yours was good yeah yeah i mean it was uh it was good turkey good. yeah gotta love it yeah chloe's fun yeah so uh you know she's uh she had her Michigan wrestling stuff on and everything. Oh, I um, I, I laughed. Um, one of the weird things was uh, the Michigan-Ohio State football game on Saturday. Oh. Um, in which uh, 
was a bit uh, not on our side. Uh, full disclosure, if this is your first time listening, we are recording from Grand Rapids, Michigan, and uh, Kevin's originally from Ann Arbor. Yep. So uh, we're we're two Michigan homers. Uh, you would have quickly figured that out, anyways. And um, you know, so watching that, and then there's a lot of complaints about the officiating and everything, and a lot of it was just, I mean, the three turnovers. I mean, that you're doesn't just, help. Yeah, you're just not going to win when you do that. Um, don't expect to beat good teams when you give games away like that. But um, two of the officials are actually from Ohio, which I just thought was kind of that, – and that's been one of the gripes in, like, the Detroit Free Press and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and I do think, like – I mean, that's one of those things even in, like, high school officiating and, and stuff where – I mean – Tony Hager and Ross Bartacek, I mean, and I get along fantastic. I yeah, mean, we, yeah. we, we get along great. Um, but when Iowa comes to Michigan in January, I don't think they'd be too happy to see me out there as the ref. <laughs> yeah. Mean, it, just, it just invites that sort of, like, um, that thought in the back of your head that is going to sort of get in the way of the action on the field or on the mat. Yeah. You just, you just don't want it. And I just can't believe the big 10 would do that. I mean, not saying the two guys from Ohio cost the game or anything like that. Fuck it. That's football. I'm not really talking about football anymore, but it's just like, it's just interesting that you would have that even be a potential factor. Like, why would you allow that? It's it's hard to get away from Michigan and Ohio's fans, regardless of what state they're from, though. Or Ohio State fans, you know. I mean, like Jake Butts from Ohio, Mike Weber's from Michigan. You know, they play for the opposite team. Like Charles Woodson, notoriously, is from Ohio or from Ohio, and is went to Michigan because his older brother was just trying to be different than everyone else and was a Michigan fan. Right. So. Charles liked his older brother and thought he was the coolest thing in the world, so he was a Michigan fan. Thank you, Charles Woodson's older brother. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I mean, like, it is what it is. It does suck because there's always that in the back of your head, but fuck it. It was a real good game. It was a little sloppy on both ends. It was. was It's just an interesting sort of thing that I think with officiating sometimes that you're kind of like, you know, why, yeah. Why would you? Why would you do that? Like, yeah. Get a get a ref from some. You know, get refs from somewhere else. Like yeah. don't don't do that. Don't don't do that to yourself as a sport. And uh, my other gripe with officiating lately is um, uh, high schools that are like now looking for wrestling officials. I mean, come on. You know, <laughs> yeah. like you didn't. You don't wait. For your football officials or basketball or baseball, like a week before the games, yeah, you get that done a little earlier, and now all of a sudden they're like in deep panic that they don't have an official for their match next Wednesday, and it's like, well, that's kind of on you, yeah. Like, whose fault is this, <laughs> really? I I don't. I want to be helpful, but I also, you know, hey, like uh, this is this is your fucking fault, yeah, like. Don't be stupid. I didn't buy the Nintendo Classic when it came out uh, in early November, and now I can't find one. That's not Nintendo's fault, necessarily. No. That's my fault. That is. That is. I have no one to blame but myself. (laughs) I cry myself to sleep at night because I don't have tech mobile. That's tough. Yeah, what are you gonna do? Yeah, these are these are tough tough things uh, we're we're dealing with. So, I did have an. Uh, oh, while we're on the topic of officiating, um, we did ask for uh, questions out there. So we're gonna jump sure around did. a little bit uh, today, but we're gonna have some fun doing it. <laughs> we're but, getting uh, away from our normal <laughs> clean schedule of 
topics. Our normal tight schedule, yeah. no tangents or ranting whatsoever right. uh, of the unfiltered greatness. But uh, uh, Jersey Hokey twenty nine. Uh, follow him at, on Twitter at Jersey Hokey twenty nine. Uh, from a referee's perspective, is there anything college wrestling can do to make stalling calls easier to make? Parentheses, especially in first period. It's it's interesting whenever you sort of like I mean Tony Hager and I talked about this a few weeks ago after the night of conflict in in Carver Arena that they put on. You know the push out rule is great because it does make guys sort of keep the action in the middle. Unfortunately, when it comes time to actually call it, getting it consistent across a field of thousands of referees, hundreds of referees, even mm-hmm. dozens of referees, uh, getting that consistent makes it um, is, is very difficult, uh, almost impossible. Well, it's been consistent this year, consistently not calling it. Yeah, they're back to basically yeah. not calling it so far <laughs> this year. Exactly. Um, so anytime you make a rule, it's it's a lot of rules sound great in premise but then when they're actually instituted or they're actually you know plugged in it, it becomes a great source of inconsistency um a lot of stalling just basically comes down to calling stalling yeah i mean hit a guy yeah and hit him early yeah if if you know it, it it is clear a lot of this stuff is absolutely clear when red goes out there and and takes three shots and and green is just stiff arm blocking you know, go ahead and nail them. Yeah. So what if it's 45 seconds into the match? I mean, at this point, I'm full on for the push out in college. Like, where you were uh, coaching at Night of Conflict, like, and that was instituted, like, there weren't a lot of guys going out of bounds. When it was like a factor, like, hey, you can't go out of bounds or there's a point. Guess what? They figured it out. There was maybe one called in all the matches. There were two. two. Okay. Um, but in one match. Yeah. Um, right. And and I think I'm a little hesitant to just say that's the answer because I think some officials are going to sort of say, oh, well, that was part of a shot. And then, oh, that was part of a scramble. And, and it's going to be inconsistent just like the college has had trouble with their form of the push-out rule, essentially. Uh-huh. I, I guess my point is I'd rather institute it and have those get ironed out throughout, you know, a it two, does... three-year process. I don't expect it to be an overnight fix, but I do expect it to have an immediate impact on the wrestling happening more in the center of the mat. It does make for a better product. It does. I mean, sometimes you watch some highlights now and you see guys just basically going out of bounds. I mean, some of college wrestling, which you know, I, I, Kevin and I obviously doing a wrestling podcast, 109 episodes in, we're yeah. two of the more uh, – we're, we're obviously wrestling enthusiasts. Yeah. And um, there were some college duels a few years ago where I was you know, happy to – clear out time and make time to go watch a, you know, and, and tune into big 10 network. And then it just turned into uh, one guy got on a single leg and the other guy basically tried to get out of bounds, did the splits, peeled the hands, did whatever he could to get out of bounds. And then when he successfully got out of bounds, cause it's really hard to take a guy down when all he's doing is just dragging you out of bounds. Um, they would just go back to the center. Yeah. And that was the match. I mean, one-to-one, overtimes, just ride-outs, just 
that it, it wasn't a good product. Um, so while those step out rules kind of create controversy, which make me a little hesitant to do it. I mean, I, I can't say it doesn't make for a better product that at least the fear is there, even yeah. though they aren't calling it as much in college so far this year, at least the fear is there now that like some idiot might just call you. If you're the guy going out of bounds, even though you may have taken the last four shots in the match, right? You still might be the one who gets hit. If you go out of bounds because the other guy got to an underhook. Yeah. Um, it, may, it makes for a better product. So, well, and, and I, as always, the wrestlers will adjust, right? The talent will adjust to the rules. The best wrestlers will still be the best wrestlers. Like, I don't think that Jesse Delgado wouldn't have been a one or, or I know he was a two-time national champion, but I don't think he would have at least been a one-time national champion if he couldn't have held on to the ankle for so long. He would have figured out a different way to, to stay on top of somebody or just get more takedowns. Right. You know, so. Um, and we are seeing more points in college wrestling. I, yeah. I don't, um, the only one-to-one overtime match I saw was a terrible heavyweight match as far as in duels so far that I've watched, mm-hmm. at least off the top of my head. So, I mean, we're we're at least seeing more action yeah. side matches. The product is good. Like, the talent is, is really, really high level. Um, <laughs> I just remembered uh, Bill Burr. I watched him on when... when um, Oh, I'm totally blanking on the sports guy's name. It's one of my favorite uh, guys, Bill Simmons. Uh, he had his show on, on HBO, and Bill Burr was on there. <clears throat> they were talking about hockey, and he was like, what do you think hockey has to <clears throat> do to, to get better? And he was like, fuck it, hockey doesn't have to do shit. It's a great product. We need stupid assholes that don't understand the sport to stop watching it and talking shit. <laughs> I was like, wow, I really like that. I really like, and with that, with that mindset, I love wrestling. Obviously, fuck. I mean, what the hell are we doing here? So, but you and I have both said just now, and I know you're more hesitant about it than I am. It does enhance the product, right? And how quick did they just decide? Oh, I guess you can't hold on to the leg next year. Like that was overnight. That happened, and oh, now all of a sudden, uh, four points for being on your back. So it's not as if they can't change the rules. They just don't want to, and I don't know why. You know what I mean? Like, it, that, that that was so quick. It was all of a sudden they were like, hey, here's some giant fucking rule changes, and it's happening now forever. Right. I, I do. I Well, I... Uh, wow, you, you kind of... You, I threw led, a lot out you there. led me in four different directions <laughs> there. But I'm saying like it can happen Changing quickly. rules a lot is a little tough because you don't want to completely lose a product. I right, mean, but it's not a complete visibility. And, and But I do think there are things you can do um, you know, to better the sport as well. I, I big proponent of a few things in folk style where um, – you know, I've we don't need to get to it, but as far as like getting rid of riding time, overtimes should be two minutes, then one minute and one minute, not one thirty thirty, one thirty thirty. I don't, I, I think two one one makes a shit ton of more sense for mm-hmm. a lot of reasons. So, ultimately, I mean, ultimately, we want it out of the hands of the officials. Mm-hmm. We don't want you. You want to go to a wrestling match and you don't even want to think of who the heck the ref was, um, but. If you have one guy attacking and then you have one guy running away, 
it's not really a sport, and yeah. we need stall calls. There's a reason we've been calling stall. Or Unless it's tag. The reason there's been a rule against stalling for 30, 40 years is so it's not just a one takedown and then one guy runs away forever. Yeah. I mean, that's – you need it, and you got to call it. I mean, this – I don't know. Somehow, sometimes there's this old-school attitude of – Oh, well, you know, the you still have to score points or you still have to do it without the refs or you still have to whatever. And it's like, no, if if you see calling stall, call, call stalling. Like, I mean, call it in the first minute of the match. Right. I mean, if it's there in the second period, if it's there, I mean, I've seen kids go out and get a takedown in the first five seconds of a match and then not do anything the rest of the first period. Mm-hmm. And is it stalling? Yes. It doesn't matter that he got the first takedown of the match. Yeah. If then two minutes of stalling goes by, I mean, that's one of those things. So uh, ultimately, you just have to freaking call it. Yeah. Did that cover everything, Jersey Hokey 29? I don't know. I hope so. All right. And now we have a special guest from uh, – one of our favorite college teams, the Gardner Webb, uh, you know, our, our good old friends down there. Uh, the head coach, Mr. Daniel Elliott. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Daniel O. Elliott. Uh, thanks for taking the time to join us, coach. Oh, shoot. We lose him? So you're um so we we got you now and uh, it was a terrible seventy five degrees down there in the Carolinas today for uh, for good old winter wrestling. I can't imagine you guys pulling recruits from up here. Yeah, it's hard, you know. When it's it's kind of like that whole Franklin Gomez story when he visited Michigan State in the, the summertime. They told him it was like that all the time. You let them spot, you know. And um, yeah, we, that we was. Let our guys know what we. we yeah, that was gonna say that was that that was not the case. It is uh, it is frigid cold more often than not in the winter. <laughs> yeah, we actually talked talked recruiting with my team the other day about one of the biggest selling points, and a lot of them said the the winters, and so that's something that we we try to sell to our recruits all the time. Nice. Well, and Gardner Webb's one of those programs where, you know, last year you guys made the splash. I mean, Chattanooga had sort of had a stranglehold on the SOCON, and then Appal- Appalachian State were, were making strides. And then you guys decided to kind of ruin the party last year, uh, going 7-1, and one, I, I believe, in, in dual play, and then getting a share of the regular season crown. Right, yeah. And we sort of, in other people's minds, surprised some people um i thought with, with matchups and stuff like that we matched up great with app state we were um little i don't know with chattanooga we benched a couple of our starters for sleeping through a practice and uh i don't know if that would have helped us win the dual meet or not but we were definitely right in the mix and it was it was an exciting time for us and and we have a good group of older guys on the team and it was good to just see their their, their work finally show through for them something that in your mind, I thought it should have happened three or four years ago because I thought we were good enough to, and it just finally the, the pieces started to fall together for us last year. 
No, and then that's that's amazing stuff, and and this is one of the things I love. I mean, you see the strides your program is making. Again, I mean, you talk. I mean, it's 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 a little bit of a joke, but I mean, you get to go down into good weather um, and and leave you know the the Midwest here if you're a recruit and and get great coaching, get that opportunity because. You know, ultimately, you keep winning matches, and and you're on the main stage at NCAA's. It doesn't matter like what programs on your chest, and and right. you guys are obviously doing the right things there to uh, you know keep making strides. Where I mean, it is kind of funny thing. Everyone's talking about the college football playoff these days, and we have Western Michigan up here who might go undefeated, and no one really cares. They, they they can't win a title. <laughs> but you guys can. They got a great coach at Western Michigan, P.J. Fleck. Man, that man's full of energy. Um, got to listen to him this summer speak, and it, it was amazing. And, and, yeah, it's cool to see what they're doing up there. And, you know, it just makes you think that you can do it at a place like Gardner-Webb within a sport like wrestling as well. And it just it takes time to build. And, and, like I said earlier, it never happens as quickly as you want it to. But, you know, it's, it's been a been a good journey so far. Absolutely. I mean, we're a big proponents of, I mean, obviously we're, we do this where we reach out to programs that, that should get more recognition and should be talked about more because they have great talent, right? And and right. that's the big thing, you, you know, I mean, we, we talk about before how, again, going back to the college football analogy, right? Like you got people that are going to the smaller schools because they know they can get playing time right away. They go to, to your school. Maybe they won't have to sit behind a starter for a couple of years. Maybe they can get on the mat right away, get more matches, and they're still going to get elite-level coaching and elite development. And and that's, that's a big thing. What we tell a lot of our guys, if you want to be an NCAA All-American, then being in the lineup early helps. Being in the national tournament as a freshman and sophomore is going to help you do it too instead of you know the traditional path of going, going Big Ten, Big 12. Now getting to be with ACCs where you sit on the bench for a couple of years trying to fight your way in the lineup, and then you're a junior peeking through. Um, and and that happens all the time, and guys have great runs as juniors and seniors as well. But you got an opportunity to come in and be an impact guy and, and be the big fish early on here at a school like Gardner-Webb. And so you take over in 2012-2013. Last year, um, which I, if I'm reading correctly here, was your last – or I'm sorry, the program's first wins over top 25 uh, opponents. And, right. And yep. um, so, I mean, you know, can you talk a little bit about your journey from being an, a, a wrestler to assistant coach to being a head coach and, and making these strides and, and everything, your journey, kind of the challenges and everything and – what you guys yeah, bring to the table? Absolutely. I mean, I, I'm a guy that that didn't. I didn't accomplish my goals in college. I actually wrestled at Gardner Webb. Got here in 2001, 2002 when we were in a transition time from going D2 to D1. And so my freshman year, I had to sit out from qualifying for the tournament. Wrestled a full year, um, but we couldn't qualify anything. I, we were in the East Region at the time. I actually beat the kid that won our region from Duquesne, and um, didn't get to go to the NCAA tournament, and then I kind of got got a, had an injury my, my sophomore year, so I redshirted, and I was off the mat for ten months. And then my my redshirt sophomore year was kind of like a a catch up year. It was the exact same as my freshman year, just trying to get my feet feet wet and and, and get back in the swing of things. And then a couple time national qualifier, my, my senior year, um, what was pretty pretty good year for me. I ended up being I think I was forty four, thirty eight and two going to the national tournament, and 
got got seated tenth in the country going into the tournament, which was you know the first time anyone from from Garden Web has ever done anything like that, and um, so, so that was pretty cool. And then then I moved right into to coaching as a grad assistant here. So I did two years of that as a GA, and then it was a full time assistant after that for for a couple of years, and had an opportunity to go coach elsewhere and. But the school committed to to me being sort of the next head coach because our, our head coach at the time was nearing retirement, and so they, you know, upgraded me to associate head coach. And me and the head coach ahead of me, Dick Went, sort of agreed to terms on how much longer you're going to be. Let's set a timeline, and that's something I can commit to. And then, you know, 2012 was my first year as head coach, and here we are now. And so, it's been a, a, a process. It's been a slow process. It, it um, frustrating at times but it's been well worth it i mean we've gone from a facility that's that's one mat mat like it's, it's one mat you can reach up and touch the ceiling you open up the it was my, my, okay my dad played football at garden web in 1966 and the room that we were in was off campus and it was a skate rink and oh you can you can reach up and touch the ceiling is how high the the, the roof was and you open up the door and it's on Main Street, down the street from campus, and you open the door and you're in our locker room because we just had two rows of lockers. And we had two stall showers with no curtains and two toilets with no doors. And uh, uh, Yeah, like, like I would be taking a poop and you're drinking water out of the water fountain and we're a foot from each other just touching. You know, that, yeah, that's the most it. South Carolina um, thing I've ever heard. Oh, well, yeah. Well, well. We are in North Carolina, five miles from the state line. So, um, <laughs> but then, and, and I mean, our, our coach's office was was one office with three guys and the washer and dryer in there was all in the same room. And so, <laughs> you know, I look back and you're like, why did why did I go to school there? Is, is was my my thought looking at it. And then, how did we recruit there for five years of me coaching? I mean, we used to go all around campus first talking about how bad our wrestling room was i mean it's just a crap hole man it's just awful but it's ours you know it's our room but it's 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 awful and so by the time we get there these guys are everything as bad as i thought it was you know and this isn't you know terrible like like you talk so we just down talk it all the time and then the kids would be like oh this isn't as bad as i thought and then you get there and there's like snake skin in the corner and and stuff like that. And so yeah, we we killed a copperhead behind the door one time. Oh my god! <laughs> it, it was it was a baby copperhead, and, and my head coach Dick Wentz says, "Oh, it's just a baby. Don't kill it." I'm like, "No, it's a snake, and it needs to die." So, <laughs> we beat it to death with a broom. I second that motion. By the way, that's that's there definitely the right move. And so so throughout the years, I mean, there was a there was an empty gym there was an old elementary school gym right across the street from campus and it was just sitting empty and so we taught the town into giving it to us the town just said all right you guys can have it and um school put on a new roof and windows and we fundraised the crap out of the rest of it so now we have a a good facility we have almost three full mats we we have three separate coaches offices which is nice um our own locker room with doors on the toilets and, and wash and dryer separate from from You got doors you on the toilets now? Yeah, it's crazy. I don't know. Now we do have our showers, they bought them, they were like on like wholesale from the construction company and four of our shower handles broke off and they couldn't find the replacement handle, so we do have 
vice grips for handles in our showers. This is the coolest fucking thing I've ever heard, by the way. This is like the greatest story. I love this so much. Like, I I feel like you just get like grittier, hungrier, like more passionate wrestlers with with this, right? Like, that that's sort of how we preach it. I mean, you walk in our room and it's it's kind of got an old school feel. I mean, we got thirty five foot ceilings with climbing ropes and long pull up bars and some old weight equipment, and um, it's just sort of. It's, it's that blue-collar feel in the room when you walk in there. Like that old school, just let's get to work. Um, yeah. And, and so so we like it. You know, you know, in North Carolina, just redid their room a few years ago, and, and, and they have about 500 more square foot of mat. And before their C.D. Mock left as, as their head coach, he, he was they got columns right down the middle. He's like, man, I would much rather have your room with less square footage with no columns because it's just a wide-open space. And yeah. So, um. So, yeah, we, we moved there, and that's helped a lot. It helps us bring in better kids. Now, a kid can walk into our room and just look at the look at the room. Like, you know, this is somewhere I can train and get better. Um, you know, we hired Kyle Blevins as an assistant coach. We had a guy from Minnesota, Joe Nord, who was here for as an assistant coach. Um, Blevins was an All-American at, at App State. And so having that guy yeah. in the room, having a guy from a Big Ten room. We've actually had some good coaches in the past you know, that have come in on, on, that we brought in. First one, first GA I ever hired was was Connor Beebe from Central Michigan. Yeah, fire he was chips. with me. He was with me for a year. Um, Darius Little was the most recent one from NC State. Was an All American for them. Now and now we have have Cody Walters, who's a two time All American, lost in the blood round twice. Yep. And and Matt McGuire from Kent State, who was a four time NCAA national qualifier as well. So, yeah. So we got a staff who can who can really set the tone with with hey i've done it i've been there and and i'm just sort of selling like listen i was terrible i was an awful wrestler i just knew how to go really hard and i knew how to train really hard and that won a lot of matches so you're a lot more talented than me you listen to me on how hard you're going to go and listen to these other guys with some technique that might be over my head sometimes and you know what we're going to get you where, where you're trying to go so um that's sort of our how, what we push and you know, we got we got kids from our our team from all over the country. Um, it's a good tight knit group of guys, and really promote that. And um, it's just, you know, we, we we warm up with some basketball every day in practice, which is just fun to watch with a bunch of wrestlers <laughs> play basketball. Um, and on the mats, it gets full contact pretty quickly. And uh, you know, then we we bring it in and we get to work. And you know, we've been improving steadily throughout the years and it's been fun to be a part of i don't you're you're kind of uh getting kevin's uh energy levels raised here i mean do you take balding 30 year olds as uh enrollees here hey we'll, we'll take we'll take anybody we've got we've got kids on my team who wrestled one year in high school we've got fargo all americans so hey if you're going to work hard and stay out of trouble we, we, we'll get you a uh uh a spot in the locker room for Where the hell were you guys in 2003? This is bullshit. I'm hearing about this in 2016 when I'm old and beat up. Man, we could have been teammates. We could have come down and been my drilling partner down in the in the world. I could touch your feet when you when you throw me above your head, you know? And so um, a funny story, yeah. Cody Walters. I mean, I love bringing in Cody Walters and as an assistant coach. I mean, you know, few guys have been. You know, nastier on top and in, in recent memory uh, than him, and and obviously having a guy who 
I guess calling him a specialist, I mean, is is not really fair to him. I think he was more of a complete wrestler than that. But obviously, having a uh, uh, known for a certain acumen is is pretty uh, is probably pretty something special to have in the room as well. Yeah, I mean, we spend a lot of time on top working a bunch of side headlocks, and you know, it's like everything Cody does when he wrestles is like how to get to his side headlock, whether it's uh, something on bottom or just a simple tie-up. I mean, he's going to get a boot in with side headlock and just choke you out until you can't breathe anymore. And, um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's, uh, it's it's crazy to see. I mean, he lost 14 matches in, in, in college, and I lost 15 my freshman year. And and so he's just – he's on a level that, that, that is, is hard to, to believe in. And you look at the way he wrestled, he gets that reputation of a top specialist, like a Klingon specialist. But in the room, it's, it's, it's completely different. I mean, it's, he brings a lot to the table and it's, I mean, he's a, it's the mentality we're looking for of, of that just gritty, screw you. I'm just going to go out and I don't care where you're from. I'm going to just piss pound you and, and, and fight you till the end. If you're going to beat me or not, uh, you're going to be bloodied and bruised and, it's good to have someone who's done that in the in the room, and I've actually no. I, I I recruited Cody illegally. I was called him his junior year when I thought he was a senior, and <laughs> and so I've known him for years, and and it's been good. It was a it was a good natural fit, and and he's been it's been good to have him in so far. Yeah, the junkyard dog. I think it is on Twitter. Yep, that's his Twitter handle, junkyard dog. Well, and then I, I think I saw a pretty good story come across from him that um, you took him to the beach because he had never been to the beach before? Right. Well, <laughs> I hired him in in middle of summer, and he got down in early July. And so I sent him to Fargo to go recruiting, which was the first time he'd ever flown in his life. <laughs> and it, it was by himself. The first time he's ever flown by himself. We'll say it that way. I think he's flown. Um, <laughs> and so... He, he he's working with Colt Sponsella, who's assistant at OU now. And so I, I'm flying to Minneapolis when you are. We're going to drive to Fargo. We're going to drive back and fly out. Well, they hit traffic on the way back, and he missed his flight. And had to, like, call me, like, what do I do? I'm like, All right. So I had to book him a hotel room and get him there and move his flight the next day. And, and he's just like, Coach, I left with plenty of time. I'm like, no, you didn't because you missed your flight. You, you didn't leave with plenty of time. <laughs> and... Because you you missed it, and he's like, "Well, it's just bull crap." Or whatever, it's fine. So then I take him to the convention in Florida, and that was the first time he'd ever been to the beach. And it, it was we got down there a day early because flights were so much cheaper. We stayed in a little cheap hotel, and we had a late check checkout before we get in the next one. We were watching a documentary about a guy getting attacked by a shark while he was surfing, and. <laughs> So we get done with that. We, we took an Uber to the convention hotel, check in, I'm like, get your bathing suit on, we're going to the pool, uh, going to the beach. And so I took him took him to the ocean for his first time in his life. And I, I don't know how a grown man has never been in the ocean, but... Um, <laughs> that is so uh, amazing. These are the best uh, stories ever. So it was uh, it was fun. You know, it's been, uh, been fun, you know, seeing him... Figure it out as he goes, just because, I mean, that's how I, did. I didn't have much direction at times. It was just like, hey, let's go, and at least I'm there to document it on, on Twitter a little bit. It's, 
as he's trying to learn to swim in salt water and waves. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, it's funny. I, I actually I just got back from the ocean, and yeah, it's it's a lot of fun, but it can be dangerous. Those waves can get out of hand. I got flipped yeah. over underwater, and my my wife got flipped over and hit her head, and. My best friend, Marty's uh, wife made fun of her, and then she got flipped over and hit her head the next day. So you know, karma. Uh, there you go. It's, it's, it's a good time. You got to look out for the the sniper ways, right? Exactly, exactly. Uh, so um, you guys have um, Virginia this Friday, uh, VMI right. next week. So uh, you get a little ACC action before you get into SoCon action. Yep. Um, and then uh, you guys, uh, maybe a, a couple names. I mean, Hunter Gamble is a senior that uh, people will recognize that name. A lot of people recognize that name. Obviously, Austin Trot has been around. Um, he's kind of looking to break through uh, this year as well. Um, so you got a couple nice veteran leaders there. I mean, you guys have some good young recruits, but you also have a couple veterans there too. Um, we've got we've got twelve seniors on our roster right now. Wow, um, five of them are fifth year seniors with Gamble. And then Trot, and then our heavyweight boys, Cornwell, who qualified last year, had um, the Iowa kid, Bradley, I think, first round. And we were up 5-1 when he defaulted out with his bum knee. And um, Ryan Mosley, our 57-pounder, is a former national qualifier for us. And Kyle Ash, who has been in and out of the lineup for his four four years here already, um, around 57 to 65. And, and yeah, we've, we've got just a good core group of older guys in, in, in the – in the lineup, and then we actually moved Austin Trot from 65 to 74 because the guy we registered behind him last year, Tyler Marinelli, I mean, he played to the scuffle, had a win over Jim Wilson from Stanford, which was a was a big one for him. And I mean, he's ranked top 15 in a couple of polls. Isaac Jordan actually had to come from behind to beat him in the finals at the Wolfpack Open last weekend. Yeah, I saw that. So, I, I saw that, and yeah. I didn't know if uh, what exactly the plan was there with uh, him and uh, him yeah. and Austin. So that's good to well. It's just with, you know, the guy we had at 74 last year, Brett Stein, is a fourth-year guy this year. He hasn't registered yet. And with Trot being a fifth-year guy, it just, it's just sort of it fit perfect with Redshirt and Stein, Bunk Trot at 74, Marinelli's in at 65. And um, and then, you know, that's right now where it is. But then you also got Kyle Ash, who's a former double All-American of though who's been around for four years. And he he can work himself in the lineup too, depending on what's going on. And you know, it's it's good to have that that in the room with us. And, and you know, lots of times with with smaller programs like that, you're you're kind of top heavy with your with your starters, and then your, your backups sometimes are, are are not pushing them like they should be, like those big time programs are. And we're we're getting to the point where we get we're starting to build some depth in the room, and and it's helping out a lot. And so you know that that older core group though, it's been it's been fun to watch them develop over the years. And, and, and hoping for some some big time breakout year for him. Well, one one guy that really jumps off the page with me as well is uh, is Garrett Ryan, a two time Ohio champ that you have down there as a, as a Hancock. freshman. Hancock, Garrett Hancock. Uh, you, no, no, you know I'm, I'm I got him confused with the freaking uh, heavyweight from Tiffin. Uh, oh, geez, you know, so I'm sorry, I got my Garrett's confused there from Ohio. I apologize. <laughs> You talk about a heavyweight with Tiffin. Their, one of their assistant coaches, Dustin Porter, was a four-time national qualifier for me at Gardner Webb. Ah, um, see, there you go. See, it all it all comes circle. You know, you get on the that. carousel, the horse goes up and down, and it goes around in circular. <laughs> yeah, it's a circle. You know, I mean, the circle. <laughs> but, 
But um, Garrett Hancock, I apologize. Yeah, he's he he went out and made the semis last week at the Wolfback Open, knocked over off a pretty good guy from American who'd been around. He's in some of the rankings in the quarters and two time champ from Ohio and, and lost his senior year in the finals to uh gosh, the kids at Evan Shank, who's at Cleveland State now, who went out and took down Tomasello a couple times in their duel last year and um Anyways, but yeah, Hancock's going to be. I mean, he's just a, he's a kid that just fights you for every point. If you take him down, there's, there's just no easy points. If you're trying to get an escape, he's going to get that mat return and, and make you really have to work for it. And he's just a grinder, which which we love to have. I mean, that's just it fires me up just to think about how he wrestles sometimes. It's it's really cool to me, like just hearing you talk about the program and hearing you talk and, and use the. The adjectives you use about just the grit and the fight and the the perseverance and, and tenacity and things like that that, that the people have like that's got to make for a, an intense practice. It can be. It can be. Now you can have days like today when you know we're, we got to cut out about twenty minutes of our live goes because we got guys getting tweaked and injured and this and that. And this guy's out with a knee injury, and this guy's oh my shoulder hurts. So I ain't right, screw it. We're just run sprints instead for the last twenty minutes. But um, you know, at the same time, we got a pretty scrappy little twenty-five. We've got Hancock. We got another kid named Philip Anderson, who's a NHSCA junior runner-up at thirty-three. Um, we got a senior forty-one pounder. You know, just seeing those guys push each other. Then you got Chris Vassar at forty-nine, who's a couple done PA runner-up, qualified for us last year. Then Mosley at 57, and then Ash is around in there, and the Mariner. I mean, the, these guys just, you know, when they cut loose, it, it can be fun to watch. And then you can also get the your pride sometimes gets in the way, and they just shut down a little bit. It's like watching a couple of heavyweights wrestle, but um, <laughs> it's it's still it's fun. You know, I like like I've said, it's just you know when the guys cut loose, it, it's it's some 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 good good intensity in the room. Oh, for sure. I, I'm a big proponent of them. I mean, the cream always rises to the top, right? Like, if everybody's mm-hmm. fighting and pushing at that same level, somebody eventually has to win, and that that's generally who you want out there with that singlet on. So, right. So, yeah, it's uh, it's fun. You know, I'm I'm anxious for the year and and ready to to get all our pieces together in our lineup as we as we get through. You know, big test this weekend for with Virginia and. And then VMI, like you said, next weekend. The week after that, we go up Russell Kent State on a Friday and then put our whole team in the lineup at Cleveland State on Saturday. And it's just good to see see them all figure it out as we go as well. It's good to have, as much as people hate open tournaments and how long they are and you never see the, the sunshine and you're depressed, it's good to put <laughs> four guys, four guys who you're not sure of in the same weight class and let them figure it out. Exactly. Oh, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's. I best of luck to you with uh, with Virginia coming in and everything. I mean, you guys. Uh, I mean, what are? I guess what I'm trying to ask is, uh, you know, what's what's the big goal this year? Um, you know, I, I don't think trying to to say. I think we have a team that can win our conference again um, by ourselves if, if everyone's healthy and on the right page on the right day, I think we can win the conference regular season. I think we can win the conference tournament. I think we can put five, six guys in the national tournament. And I think we have good enough guys to, to make a couple runs at All-Americans. And 
you know, if we, if you do that, you put two guys on the podium and five guys in the tournament, everyone wins a match. You're, you're looking at maybe top 20, top 25 by the end of the end of the day. And I don't think that's out of the realm for us. And yeah, it's ambitious. And a lot of people are probably going to, you know, laugh when they hear us say, Hey, I think we can be a top 20 team this year. But you know, if, if that's not our goal, then we're selling ourselves short because we've got some talent. We've got some, some maturity in our room. We've got some guys who, who have been in the, in the big show before. We've got some guys who have had some big wins, and we just got to be sure we're we're on the right page all the time. And I think the results will take care of itself throughout that process. So, um, yeah, I, I think that that if we if we aren't planning on winning our conference by ourselves regular season, if we're not planning on winning our SoCon title, not being top twenty with a couple of Americans, then then you know we're, we're not looking to be mediocre here. Is is another goal to get Austin Trot a haircut? It's been cut. Now you should see Chris Vassers. Um, I'll, I, I'll try to find one and tweet it at you guys afterwards. This kid has a, a flat top straight out of uh, like the 80s. It's about six inches straight up on his head. House party like um, style? I mean, the movie? I mean, uh... house, yeah, that's the movie I was looking for. I could not place it. And it looks just like it. And, and so, yeah, he tries haircut. He looks good. He kind of. Let's it go leading into the season, but once we once we get grinding, he he gets his um, his competition haircut, I guess. And then the I think it was the season with Iowa wrestling. The guy shaved his head every time before he went out and competed. You know, Chad gets a haircut at the beginning of the year, and that's his, <laughs> his mental switch for him. Yeah, no, that's that's amazing. So um, no, we. Uh... We will be rooting for you guys. I know uh, it's, it's you guys. Uh, we we have a lot of fun, sort of going back and forth with you guys on on Twitter and everything. So I'm, I'm this has been long overdue having you guys on and uh, yeah. and and really really appreciate it and uh, you know appreciate the time and anytime you want to come back on and and shoot the shit with us and talk some wrestling, we'd be we'd be happy to have you. Uh, I'll be whenever you guys want. I got you know when you run the the gamut of being an athlete and then. Coaching, you've got stories out the butt, and so you can. Uh, <laughs> we can talk for days and and laugh and and yeah, but it you know, great hearing like when when we travel, we're, we're not lucky enough that we get to drive buses everywhere we go. We we take vans a lot of times, and so we just pull out the auxiliary cord and plug it in and listen to you guys and Jason Bryant and you know the sudden histories and stuff like that. It's good to not listen to the same four songs on the radio over and over and over again. And um, so, yeah, we, we enjoy following along the season and your guys' thoughts throughout the, the, the our trips as we trek around the, the East Coast. No, that that's a huge, huge compliment that's not lost on us, and uh, we really appreciate that. And uh, and, it, and it is hard to I, – I, I, it's not hard to believe that you have a lot more stories coming from Boiling Springs, North Carolina, <laughs> where you yep. were actually able to successfully petition a town for an abandoned middle school gym. Hey, I mean, it was <laughs> – yeah, it, it, no one wanted it. I can tell you that. You saw it they were like, "You, you want this?" Then <laughs> after after we built it, I get a call from someone on campus. This girl wants to have a wedding in our wrestling room, and I look at this woman and I'm like, "Are you serious?" She's like, "Yep, we're going to do this, this, and this." I'm like, "All I'm doing is moving the mats to the corner. That's all I'm doing." <laughs> uh, yeah. 
strange. Well, hippie town, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well, thanks, Coach. We appreciate it. We really do. Thank you so much. No problem. Well, big thanks to Coach Elliott. Uh, you know, jumping on with us. Uh, great guy, man. That was fun. That was so much fun. I really liked. I mean, you know, it is about bringing that energy. It's yeah, about, um, genuine, no bullshit. But like, also reaching out, snagging those assistant coaches. Yeah, you know, getting them in. I mean, doing the extra legwork. I mean, taking over a middle school, an abandoned gym, or whatever. Yeah. I mean, just that kind of stuff. That kind of energy. That kind of enthusiasm. I mean, it's infectious. And, yeah. And uh, it, now, now they're gonna bring Duke and Virginia, um, you know, at home at Gardner Webb this year, and North Carolina, and, and they're gonna try to beat them, and they're gonna try to make big waves. He is gonna get good, no bullshit kids, right? Yeah. It's a black and white system there right like hey here's who what we are and here's what we're doing and here's what we're not going to tolerate and here's what we're going to tolerate here's what we want and do you want that too and they're going to be like yes i want to do that i will try and kill everyone that i step on the mat with whether i know how to hit a single leg or not i like i i really like no bullshit i i'm genuinely upset that i didn't know that this was a place to go have a shot at wrestling at when i was a senior in high school and now they have doors on toilets yeah, I don't. I don't even need doors on toilets. We didn't have them in, in our high school gym. You didn't? Uh, or not in the gym? We didn't have toilets in the gym. That'd be stupid. No, but, um, I didn't but in the locker room. No, I don't think we did. We just there was a separate room that had toilets, but they didn't have doors on them. I don't think. Nice. Yeah. That's, uh, it's always special, but yeah. Uh, yeah Gardner Webb last year uh, sharing the SoCon dual title, and uh, hopefully they can just. Go and get everything out right this year, and best of luck to them down there. So we uh, we certainly love it, man. Uh, good uh, good on them. Um, lots to get to. We are uh, stacking this episode, but certainly one. I mean, that was long overdue having Coach Elliott on. So um, you know, awesome getting through there and moving on. Uh, Titan Mercury Wrestling Club sending a team to the World Clubs Cup uh, this week as well. So hopefully we're going to get some live streams or at least some good videos out of the deal. Um, Their roster is uh, Nico Megalutis, uh, Vladimir uh, Kinchigashvili. Um, You're allowed to have a couple, no more than two foreign guys. Uh, BJ Fittrell, uh, Nazar Kuchiski, I for, always forget how to actually say that, um, but you know he's had some good wins. Alex Derringer, David Taylor, Kyle Snyder, and Nick Gwizdowski. So pretty uh, solid lineup That's we're sending really, over there. Really, really good lineup. Like seeing David Taylor getting the international action. Obviously, yeah. like I said, I mean one of the we talked about that maybe last week or the week before. Love seeing Derringer going out there and getting the competition too. Because, right. I mean. Deeringer could be – he could develop into the best wrestler in the world. Right. I mean, shit. I mean, he he looked – he just beat the uh, – He just dude beat took in the world yeah. or, in the Olympics, right? Yeah. Like, beat him up. Yeah. Handled him. Yeah. yeah. So, he's only going to get better. I love – I want to see David Taylor. I want to see what David Taylor does here. You know that it was going to take him a little while to genuinely grow into the weight class. It's one thing to not be cutting weight anymore. It's another thing to be then cutting to make 
uh, what is it, 86? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. And then I also love Gwizdowski getting yeah. the action, too. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we need a heavyweight. Yeah. And I'm not really sold on uh, Dom Bradley and. Uh, no, I mean, Gwiz, the big difference between Gwiz is that he has leg attacks that are successful, and that's what you need at that level. Like, you can't just push around and fight for position and hope to get one thing here or there, right? But he also has to develop to that physical freestyle style he does, as yeah. well. So, and, and I mean, there's going to be and, – and, but I th- absolutely think he has the ability yeah, he, to he, as well. So, I mean – He's got the mindset to do that. He's He's got the ability – Athletically, like he's he'll be fine, uh, and and this will help. Well, Nico Megalutis, no bullshit. Like that guy, that guy's legit. He was really, really good at the Dave Schultz. He was really good all throughout college. <laughs> no, I'm, right. I I just meant freestyle wise. Like yeah, yeah, I was yeah, really yeah, happy yeah. to see him wrestle as well as he did at the Dave Schultz. Well, and of course they have our best friend forever, uh, Royce Alger. Heading yes. overseas with them as exactly. well, uh, you know, keeping a close eye on them as well. So, uh, God bless them. Don't do anything Royce wouldn't do, guys. <laughs> Leaves a lot, <laughs> uh, but uh, no, uh, Royce is uh, is is out there, and you know. So we wish them the best of luck. Um, great team we're throwing out there. I think that's maybe the best team we've thrown at this thing in just the short time. This has really been a event, so. Um, it's well put together. Yeah, excited to see the results. Yeah, gotta gotta love that. Um, Cliff Keen, Las Vegas this weekend. Yeah, which when you look back at the tournaments the last couple years, and you look at basically all American ratio um, ranked guys per dollar, um, a lot of measurements have this tournament essentially outweighing the Midlands and the Southern Scuffle um, as sort of that best regular season tournament. And it kind of makes sense that the stars would sort of come out for this in early December. It's not like you have the big Big Ten duel around the corner. You don't have like Iowa versus Ohio State next weekend. So if a couple guys are nursing a couple injuries or something, you hold them out. Um you know, this is this tournament has really turned into the show, and it's, uh, it's big right now. It is, and we haven't really had that big movement in top five guys so far yet this year. Um, you know, the the college wrestling season has gotten off to a good start, and there's been plenty of action. Don't get me wrong. However, we really haven't had anything. I guess too earth shattering so far. I mean, I don't think I'm wrong in saying that necessarily. But then you look at sort of like what you're going to get as far as, I mean, uh, this weekend. I mean, the pre seeds came out today. I mean, you got uh, at 125, you know, Joey Dance and Scram from Stanford and Terrell from anytime you can watch Terrell from American. Obviously, the younger brother. Right. Um, anytime you can watch any Tarau. I don't yeah, give a shit. Those, those dudes don't fuck around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can I throw you in a headlock? I'm going to try to. Yeah, exactly. And then, uh, so. How many points is that worth? Six? Yep. Um, you know, and Tomasello, Earl Hall, Stephen Michik, uh, you know, Stevan Michik in, in the same weight class. I'm, I'm obviously really excited for that. Uh, it's, it, it gets really big, like. I'm excited. I'm I've, I'm really excited to talk about these. Sorry, I'm interrupting to talk about my excitement. No, there's there's just plenty of it. I mean, all the way through. Um, Isaac Jordan versus Logan Massa, possibly. I mean, 
Yeah, you I know, mean, that's what's going to be the result. Jordan's um, going to beat Valencia, and Mass is going to beat Cottrell. And then, uh, you know, 74. Bo Jordan at 74. Zach Epperly. I'm a huge fan of Zach Epperly. Oh, and then right. I, two in the country. And then Brian Realbudo and Zahid Valencia, possibly mm-hmm. all in the same weight class. I mean, talk about ranking implications right yeah. there. I, I mean, mean that's, uh, that's one and two. And then I think Realbudo might be ranked third, if not. I mean, he's certainly top five. Zahid's up there, too. It's it's really not much of a stretch to say. I mean, and don't forget about Weatherspoon. Yeah. Oh, um, sorry, Jim Wilson. You're the seventh seed. <laughs> but um, let's not um, – I don't think it's too much of a stretch to say that the winner of this 174-pound bracket, if all these guys are there – I mean, I don't know. Maybe somebody will get held out. But if all these guys are there, the winner of this bracket will be ranked number one on next week. Oh, no, without a doubt, yeah. And yeah. then um, uh, maybe Gabe Dean and Miles Martin again for amusement purposes. But Zach Zavatsky I, I, is is another really really dangerous guy. Patrick Downey yeah, in there. Yeah, he's not fucking around. Downey uh, Downey's got a great follow him on every possible social media platform. And then you know some good heavyweights in there too. So I mean we're we're really um, some good heavyweights. It's one through five. Uh, well, Snyder is <laughs> Snyder Medbury. Well, Snyder, Walls, no Snyder. Hall. We just said Snyder's over in the Ukraine or whatever. Oh so, yeah, 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 well, yeah. But um, anyway. Medbury. I mean Ty Walls. I mean knowing Ty Walls and how competitive he is. I mean he probably wants another shot at Medbury. Well, I mean, you still have two through five. Well, it was at least five for Crawls before he got beat by uh, the Oklahoma State dude, but still. Right. It's pretty solid. It's it's going to be good. I mean, plenty of plenty of deep weight classes. And then as far as, like, Michigan fans, I mean, we got a lot of young guys to sort of prove themselves in these brackets as yeah. well. So, um, you know, lots of uh, lots of fun. I mean, Michik and Massa in particular, I mean, you know, to see them go out there and sort of uh, prove themselves. So, I mean, we're uh, – it's, it's hard to be – not excited for for this one. And then Miles Amin. I want to see him. I mean, he's seated oh. ninth at 174, but yeah, he's, he's undefeated, he's undefeated and he's, and he's basically uh, majored and teched everybody that he's faced so far. So, so that'll be cool. You know, and he's you know, maybe a nine seed. But, uh. Yeah. <laughs> so that means who's he going to go up against in the 8-9 matchup? Nick Wanzek from Minnesota? Which Wanzek's not bad. Yeah, but I think he's going to lose. <laughs> no, so lots of uh... <clears throat> we say it's unfiltered greatness. I filtered myself on what I would have liked to have said <laughs> to Nick Wanzek because he's not face to face with me. No, lots of uh... <laughs> slightly filtered greatness. Exactly, exactly. Slightly filtered. Greatness. <laughs> it doesn't have the uh, the same ring as it. Um... Um, Eastern Michigan obviously is kind of one of our adopted programs. Yep. Um, you know, and then Kyle Springer coming off the big win at the uh, Journeyman, and for Eastern, so we have Michigan Central and Eastern all going to the Cliff Key in Las Vegas, and they've all had a lot of um, young guys do really well so far this year, and so now you're kind of talking about like where Springer comes into the. Uh, they have him down as a nine as the preseed. Yeah, that's wrong. Um, and you got you know Joey McKenna, Bryce Meredith, Keyshawn Hayes, uh, Zachary from Clarion. I mean, I I think Springer comes in there. I mean, it'll be a yeah, it'll be a nice nine. test for him. I mean, nine is nine seems a little low, obviously. 
Um, Heffernan too is another interesting guy. I mean, Heffernan's legit. He, um, you know, last year he got banged up, um, and you know, just kind of never really got it going. Um, and then, it's then Justin Oliver comes in there at one forty nine, ends up being an All American. Yeah. Well, now Heffernan goes up to one fifty seven. So at like at first blush, you could say. Oh well, I mean, Heffernan lost his spot, and he's up at 157. Well, all Heffernan has done so far this year is win. He's won the Michigan yep. State Open, he won the EMU Open, and he's basically beaten the hell out of everybody. Heffernan was wrecking kids last year before he got hurt, and then I mean, Oliver was just running with the spot. He he takes it over. It is what it is. But Heffernan had the at the MAC Championship. This is how what you can say about Heffernan, right? He wrestled 149 last year. That was his true weight class. Come MAC championships, he was at 165, fucking people up. For the team. Yeah. Yeah. He was in there. He was rolling for his spot. I thought he was going to make it to nationals, truthfully. He ended up not making it. Um, turns out 65 in the MAC is very strong. Well, um, and, and jumping <laughs> up from 149 in Division One wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> you usually wait. I don't know. I, in a month I, I couldn't have jumped up two weight classes in high school and yeah. been successful, and he's going to go ahead and try it at D1. I'm know? 31, and I didn't like wrestling guys 20 pounds <laughs> above my weight who were in high school. <laughs> so, yeah, that's about how that works. But point being, I mean, yeah, that's that was impressive. Uh, wrestled really, really well. I think just missed the national tournament, even at 165. So yeah. him, him kicking ass at 57 this year does not surprise me. No, awesome. And and that original question came from uh, our guy JP um, at JP Pearson P E A R S O N 71 on yeah. Twitter. So it um, used to be J know. to the M F P. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Why'd you go away from that, fucker? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we've been um, uh, sort of uh, taking a page out of the Mark Schultz playbook lately <laughs> with the with the polls. Um, so you had you posted the poll last week Wednesday yeah. as far as like movies goes. Um, obviously, Vision Quest um, ran away with it. Strong champion. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to go away from anything other than Vision Quest. Win Win is a really good movie, though. I I really think like Win Win for some reason doesn't get the credit it deserves as far as just being a really damn good movie. It was a very very good movie. I it, the for me the wrestling focus in Win Win was it was like an ancillary thing. It that was. wasn't the movie. What the movie was about, you right? Know? I would like a movie about wrestling to watch. Yeah, but that's the snob attitude of like. No, it's not. Any mention of wrestling? Well, I, I guess I should. Is Rocky say any. a boxing movie or a love story? Well, Rocky's just an awesome movie. Rocky's a boxing movie. It's not really a boxing. You ever watch that movie now? Yeah, that's a slow moving mo- movie. I mean, that is really slow moving, and that. The last fight is not as much of that movie as you think it is. It's all haymakers for 13 rounds. <laughs> yeah, but they, they skip over like nine rounds. It yeah. is not – I mean it is – if you watch that movie now, you'll be surprised at how little boxing there is in that movie. I should say. I'm going to stand by that statement. Okay. Okay. I had a – I also posted a couple polls recently that are kind of interesting. So – um. In the state of Michigan, the refs 
sort of have the option, but it's mostly like match your partner or match your referee crew. And largely in the state of Michigan, we're staying old school with the white and black stripes. We're not to the college gray with black pinstripes. I did that once, and I was once, and I was told to change. <laughs> and I told them I don't have anything else <laughs> because I didn't. And so I posted the poll, like, "What do you think of the shirts? I mean, do you think you Michigan should keep it old school or or go with the new?" And I was surprised 52% said keep it old school. Now, 52%, obviously, really close poll. So, I mean, we're not really dealing with a large majority. But I would have thought people were more on the, nah, go with the new shirts bandwagon. But, uh, no, 52% said uh, keep it old school. Mm. I did not vote for old school. Hmm. I'm... I had to buy a new shirt. I kind of like the new shirts too. I don't know why. I, I, I just let me rephrase that. I had to buy an old shirt because I only had the new one. I guess I like that the gray with the black pinstripe sort of just blends in. I, that's my goal. I just yeah. want to blend in. I don't really want to be. Yeah. But uh, sort of interesting. Um, I also posted uh, best wrestling documentary. So I had to sort of. Uh, Post a um, ancillary poll to this as mm-hmm. well. I gave the choices ESPN the season Iowa, which we did the Mystery Science Theater to. Yeah, I had to. I should have looked up the episode number. I apologize, people. But many, many episodes many. ago, many, many, maybe in like the thirties, twenties, twenties, maybe. maybe. Yeah, yeah, we um, we basically just. Sat down. It was like coming up on a holiday. So we just basically sat down and watched ESPN, the season Iowa. If you're not familiar, it was 2000, 2001? Maybe. Steve Mako's freshman year. 2000. His gangster mafia dad. Yeah. um, Terry Brands is an assistant coach. I mean, or Tom Brands is an assistant coach too. Yeah, Jim Zaleski. Yeah, it was in the Zaleski era, but it was just fan- a really, really well done documentary. Um, you got to love it. I We watched it and then basically just talked through the whole time. We have to preface. We recorded an episode and then we did this because we generally drink beers during our episodes. <laughs> so once we got to this one, it was, it was uh, festive. It was festive. Yeah. But, uh, but it was a good one. You should check it out. Yeah, check it if out. It sucks, you can go into know. our archives at any time, so feel free. Um, but uh, So the best wrestling documentary, um, ESPN The Season Iowa. Yeah. The Streak Brandon Florida, which features a young Eric Grahalis. Yes, it does. Um, Netflix Team Foxcatcher. Yep. And Flow Wrestling Colot. I got a lot of shit. For Flow Wrestling Terry not being there instead of uh, the Colot documentary. So then I had to post an additional one. If you pick one, is it Colot or Terry? And um, I would like to hear the results of that because I know my answer. Wait, wait, wait. wait. My answer is Colot. My answer is Colot as well, and right now 52% are agreeing with us. Yeah. But, again, 52-48, that's pretty much right down the middle. Margin of error. Right, right. uh, But uh, 
I just learned so much more about Colot and how royally fucked he was for like four years. And it just had that like I didn't know that. I knew like the history of the Terry Brands and him, him and getting that. I didn't know his like heartbreak and everything and getting into that, but him getting that tote out of that shed with the sunflowers painted on it. <laughs> yeah. And busting out world medals. Yeah. And just essentially putting them back in the tote, putting it putting the tote back in the shed. It just was so incredible to see. Yeah. You know, him talk about this stuff. Him talking about the stuff with his dad. It's, it's, I mean, that was one of the most fascinating things I've ever seen. You, I thought. If you write that in a book, it's unbelievable. I like that analogy because with fiction, you have to have enough truth to where – or enough plausibility to where people believe it. The Kerry Colot story is almost it's, tough, tough to fathom. Yeah, yeah. You, you you can hear that and you think to yourself, well, that's, that's, that's not – really happened like something different happened but there's too much evidence to the contrary proving that he indeed gets screwed over as bad as he did well and the The fact that he's as cool with the sport and still coaching and developing a program and training people like he is is such a true testament to his character but he doesn't go back to the olympic training center at all no and that's part of the doc is they basically say we <laughs> really <back>. feel he <laughs> was the best wrestler in the world for four years. And yeah. we'd love to have him back here. And instead, he coaches at Campbell University yeah. in North Carolina. It's, yeah, hey. that's, that says something, too. Yeah. I mean, that, that says something, too. There's so many angles to that documentary that really just, like, hit home. Honestly, I, I – Really, and and the Terry documentary is fantastic. Don't get me wrong. I mean, the yeah, Terry right, documentary. Right. I mean, I love the not Terry documentary. They're, they're no, great no, absolutely. Florida does an excellent job with those. But I honestly think the Colot documentary was just something that a I felt it was that book you couldn't put down. It was like I just, yeah, I I really felt that it was just unbelievable. But um, also in this in this is interesting. I love documentaries. ESPN The Season Iowa. I once watched it with my buddy Mike Anderson, uh, my best man, uh, Mike Anderson. He, him and I stayed up one night like playing video games. And then that came on TV like as I was falling asleep at like 3 a.m. I watched it (laughs) until 5 a.m. And I went for a five-mile run at 5 a.m. at dawn. Because I was just like – I was too worked up. Yeah. And it was like the second or third time I had watched it. But I just – I love that documentary. I, I think it's fantastic. Um, the streak, Brandon, Florida getting 3% of this vote. Okay, I maybe I should say uh, 43% ESPN the season Iowa, 3% the streak, 19% Netflix team Foxcatcher, 35% Flo Colot. Um so I, I mean, a decent amount of votes, but I, obviously this isn't scientific. But um, 
I, I blame Iowa fans for this a lot. I felt like whatever Iowa documentary I was going to put in this was going to take over the voting. Yeah. And shocking, the Iowa documentary vote won. So I, I kind of felt that that was not – this is the same group of people that I saw 5,000 of them flip out for a meaningless first caution call yeah. in the Big Ten finals. So, I mean, I, I didn't really expect them – to come at this with ration, even though one of the guys, one of the guys, um, uh, oh gosh, um, uh, he did tweet at me like, you know, by the way, I voted for Colat, so stop pigeonholing all of us Iowa fans. <laughs> but <laughs> um, I was having a little fun with them. But uh, the streak brand in Florida is by uh, that Mark Consuelos and Kelly Ripa actually produced that. And with the young Eric Grahalis, and it was about the streak, and then that ended up being the year that Brandon Florida loses the streak. I know, I know. God, Great documentary. Um, you fall in love with the coach, Cozart. Uh, mm. um, you fall in love with him and his kid, and his and his douchebag kid, <laughs> and um, <laughs> he had and pull ups before he went into his room. Uh, <laughs> I remember that. Yep, and then. Uh, no, that was that was great. I mean, that was um, that's a great documentary. The Team Foxcatcher on Netflix. If you haven't seen that, watch that. And that did pass the girlfriend test for me. Oh yeah, that's that's that one is untouchable good. It is it is very very good, and you can actually make your spouse watch that, and I think they'll enjoy it or significant other. My wife got home. I don't remember she had parent teacher conferences or something like. That night, and she got home, and I had just finished it, and she gets home and goes, "Are you crying?" And I said, <laughs> not, "Not anymore." <laughs> but I legit was crying because that's heartbreaking in a good way. Yeah, I. Well, I said um, the girl that I was watching it with was basically doing something else when I first started it. Yeah. And then like put down her book and put down her stuff and then just started watching it about 10 minutes in. Yeah. And didn't stop and was very interested. So, I mean, obviously as a wrestling junkie, I mean, obviously, like I said earlier in the podcast, like, you know, two guys who are 109 episodes into a podcast are going to be all for any of this right, stuff. Right, right. Um, We've so- seen all of it, so clearly <laughs> we, we have our own power rankings. Um, but, yeah. To, the Mako um, uh, Flow uh, documentary, also very good. <laughs> <laughs> By the way. Uh, so, yeah, it was... Um, Like I said, I mean, all of it's good stuff, but um, very interesting. And, and yeah, it's it's kind of an interesting debate between uh, the Colat documentary and, and, and Terry. So that's also an interesting one. But um, I don't know. I liked the um, – I like going Schultz polls on you guys, except yeah. for without racist stuff. <laughs> without, without, yeah. <laughs> or, or male enhancement questions. All right, um, so we did um, reach out for questions from you guys, and uh, you did respond, which yeah, no disappointments we here. certainly, certainly appreciate it. Um, do, 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 do. Uh, who's the most overlooked team this season is, is one of the questions we received. 
and uh, that's that's kind of a tough one. Um, and that's from uh, Amanda Mitchell. Um, she is on Twitter at Amanda Twelve Louise. Uh, she is a manager for the Central Michigan University team. Um, so, oh, most overlooked team, job. and yeah, most most overlooked team. I was kind of leaning towards Illinois. I just felt like with Zane Richards, with Imar, obviously, Zane Richards and Brunson, you have a lot of point scoring potential there to where if they just get like a couple more guys that sort of have a couple good tournaments or sort of develop. And with Mark Perry and and, uh, the coaching staff they have there, obviously could happen. So uh, so you're going with... Uh, team or, or with like championship implications. Well, I even, I even think dual implications. I think when you have three guys like that, you can with just ten weight classes, you can swing duels in a hurry too. Yeah. Right now, I I, I feel like people, if you ask them just off the cuff, like Illinois this year, they're kind of like ah, you know, fifteen to twenty range. I, I feel like almost that's sort of the um. First reaction, just off-the-cuff reaction. And I, I think Illinois could potentially be a top you know, 16, I mean, in there. I, I At the I, tournament? At the tournament, maybe, you know, dual-wise down the line. I mean, they have a lot of talent in that room, good coaching. I, I think Illinois is really a team that people really aren't really talking about so far and could potentially – you know, be that team that is everyone's just kind of like all of a sudden in uh, February going, man, you know, holy crap. Yeah. Well, I, I agree. I mean, they have a lot of firepower. I, I guess I looked at this question in a different way. Which is fine. I, I looked at it as, you know, hey, who are the, who's the team that's going to show up in the in the top 25, in the top 20 that's going to try and make a name for themselves and, and be a program and – it's hard for me to not say Gardner Webb now that we got off the phone with them, and I really like everything <laughs> that they were saying. Um, but you know, I mean, I, I I am looking at like again. It's also easy for me to see Central Michigan. They I went to school there. I know how strong that lineup is, top to bottom. I mean, last year they had a strong lineup. They lost a lot of seniors that that, uh, in my opinion, could have and should have been all Americans. But they replaced him. I mean, they just reload. They reloaded, and they've got guys who are hungrier. So I'm looking forward for them to to make a big step. Um, Iowa State, I think, is going to be my last answer, though. They started the year one and three. They've had some letdowns. They've had some some disappointing losses so far. They have some good guys. They're redshirting right now. I know. So that's kind of an interesting thing, too, is they almost seem to be loading up a bit. Yeah. So I expect some of their seniors to step up and and finish the year a little stronger and and, uh, get into things. But I also know that those guys are going to be pushed in the room because of how strong their incoming class is. I think Iowa State, by the end of the year, is going to be a top 15 program. And have a lot of promise going into next year with a lot of, a young team. I like it. Um, 
Jeremy Lanthorn. Lanthorn? I don't know how to say your name, buddy. Or I'm, it's I'm, Lanthorn. I, I think I'm putting different emphases on different syllables. <laughs> I don't know. That's a Austin Powers joke. But uh, Lopez versus Carolyn. Lopez just won the Powerball. Carolyn, 30 seconds after losing to Rulon. Is there is there drug testing involved? Because <laughs> <laughs> Carolyn, I don't think, was um, on the up and up. Maybe Lopez isn't either. I, I don't know. I'm taking Lopez straight up. Well, Carolyn, 30 seconds after losing to Rulon, I mean, that was after like 16, 18 years of wrestling like competitively yeah. internationally. I mean, he wasn't a According spring to Russia, he was point. like close to 40, which means he was probably like 64. In American years, at yeah. least. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Lopez is so good and so big. And, yeah, he wins. I mean, Carolyn in his prime. I don't know. It would have been interesting to see, like, the Greco rules now with them. I just think the talent is so much better now. It is. It is. He just threw around dudes all the time. Yeah. Well, there's there's different mystique then, too, right? You can't necessarily just watch tape on Carolyn and understand, like, how you can beat them and, and talk about those sorts of things like you can now. You don't think there are people that are, are YouTubing how to beat uh, Lopez and watching it and they're they're diagnosing it and they're talking to other people like so much easier than you could back then? Well, I think there were people watching tape Of on course Carolyn they're watching tape, then, but, it's, but I'm saying that the technique and everything is different. I'm pretty sure I could watch as much tape as possible on Lopez and still not stop his gut wrench. Are you certain? <laughs> I'm pretty certain. <laughs> uh, I, maybe that was a dub argument. I don't Point being, I'm going Lopez. That's tough. I mean, I like to believe that Carolyn in his prime was still um, the man, but... I watched Lopez tell somebody to suck it with the old school DX <laughs> motion <laughs> after winning a gold medal. Oh, man. We got another uh, question from um, at oldest greatest. Um, he's a guy who's um, you know big wrestling fan here. He asked us, can you rank Michigan's guys from most likely to least likely to All-American this year? Michigan with an interesting young lineup this year. Hmm. Um, now, Brian Murphy is a senior who's done it before. But I guess if you were going to rank them, would you throw maybe Logan Massa in front of them? Maybe even Michik. Most likely to All-American? Yeah. Um, I would probably throw both those guys ahead of Murphy only because Murphy has an injury history. Not, again, that I I, I clearly don't want that. Right. Nobody wants that. Right. Um, but. Safe bets? I mean. Uh, Is Michik a safe bet to All-American at 133? Yeah. I think so, too. But, yeah, I mean, I might be looking at this through rose-colored glasses, but. No, 100% he is. Um, All right. I dig it. Um, I mean, so if we go, if we go Mass and Michik, uh, Murphy. Um, 
Well, and then you get into sort of another tier of a lot of good, solid young guys that could kind of maybe surprise you down the line. I mean, uh, Acid and Amin. That's what, that's what I was going to say. We're Mahomes, you know, too. interested to see what comes back with Mahomes, obviously. Um, and then, you know, Profaci and Strigo have, have shown some good signs so far. I mean, talk about guys who are looking to make a name for themselves this weekend. I mean, Acid, Profaci. Uh, Zach Hall, um, Jackson Strigo. I mean, and obviously, like you brought up earlier, Miles Amin. I mean, undefeated guy so far this year. So Amin looks so good. Um, you know, a lot of guys to really go out there and and you know put their name out there. And then we have our heavyweight situation. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll put we'll put Dan Perry. Sorry, buddy. Uh, um, so yeah, that's uh, it's kind of interesting. I mean, it's uh. A little bit, a little bit strange, but uh, you know, what are you going to do? Um, uh, the, the the point is that this team fights hard. They don't, they don't give a shit how young they are. They go out there and they're competing for a spot because they know next year, with all these guys coming back, a lot of these guys are going new, to be fighting for that spot. And new recruits coming in next yeah. year too. I mean, they just inked a big class, so I mean, that's Real cool good too. Class, I mean, yeah. you know, we were, uh, you know, Profaci. I saw him fight his ass off against DiCamillo. Yeah. You know, which was which was awesome and I mean and Amin, that's one of the things I like about watching uh him wrestle is he really is one of those guys that just like I think even if you beat him, you wouldn't want to wrestle him again. No. Just because he's just gonna keep coming at you. He and he's so many points. And well and he's yeah, high energy, lots of points, um Dangerous in different positions. Just you're not going to get any uh, second arrest or anything like that against him, and that's just one of those things. I mean, even if even if you beat the damn kid who's only a redshirt freshman, I don't think you're eager to step on the mat with him ever again. You know who he reminds me of? Young Brian Murphy. Remember when Brian Murphy was just trying to beat everyone no matter what, and then all of a sudden he caught Dylan uh, Alton. And Alton tried to break his leg off. Remember when Brian Murphy beat Imar in the Big Ten semifinals last year? Yes, I do. And they somehow reviewed it and said, no, Imar wasn't taken down even though he was on his hands and knees? Yeah. Inbounds? Yeah. But that wasn't a takedown? No. No, that wasn't a takedown. He's the he's 2016's Kerry Colott. <laughs> and then Murphy didn't have a very good tournament at the Garden, but... Um, yeah, that was that was ridiculous, though. I mean, that's a video that I really wish was well, out there more. But sucks when you come across Tommy Gant, who already lost early on in the in the Wrestlebacks, uh, undefeated Tommy Gant. That that'll happen. Yeah. yeah, the Michigan didn't get much of a favor in the way the brackets worked out last year at Madison Square Garden. But you know, what are you going to do? All the refs were from Ohio. <laughs> yeah, they, we, we bitch a lot. <laughs> Well, we still have the John Reeder versus Ed Ruth match. That was bullshit. The Torella match. Yeah. The, oh, God damn it. I, <laughs> the Grahala Salton match. Yeah, well, which, which we won fucking finally. <laughs> Despite and, all attempts. And what was the other one? I thought there was like four. I thought uh, oh, no. The, um, oh, the Zero Heflin match. Yeah, Jesus, yeah. the biggest disaster of all time. It created instant replay in college wrestling. It was such a clusterfuck. They went from like us getting four or five points to giving up two. It literally, like, 
If you Google worst college wrestling official, that's the video that comes up. Yes. And I'm that's not hyperbole. No. Go fucking try it. Like and that is the match that comes up. And that is the match that basically created instant replay in college wrestling because they were like, Well, I guess we have to have a fail safe if a ref completely loses his shit he can actually go back to video which we have readily available and go okay what is what is going on here i we have to ask joe mcfarland how he didn't get kicked out of that duel because i would have lost my fucking mind (laughs) i would have i would have thrown chairs i would have i would have been completely insane I don't understand. I, I would have gotten kicked out of the duel if I were there to have watched it personally. Oh, thankfully we watched it <laughs> pissed drunk <laughs> at like three thirty in the morning at my house after the bar. I remember you just screaming too. I was so mad, and Elise was like, gets out of bed and goes, "What are you guys doing? Why are you yelling at the TV?" Oh man. Because Zerp just got screwed over, Elise. Yeah, we're we're Michigan, and we do bitch about officials. But on those four instances, though, it's, those, it's, it's those are completely for, warranted. It's tough for us to. Uh, it's tough for you to argue. This. Um, BDI asked us Nolf versus Steber in freestyle. I think that's what he was getting at. Yeah, um, that's hard. Are they are they cut? Is Nolf cutting all the way down? <laughs> I don't think so. Assuming uh, assuming they're both at their peak, I haven't seen Nolf wrestle freestyle enough to be able to say that he's world team quality. Like, we, we expect Steber to come back with a medal, right? I do. Yeah. I expect him... I, 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 I genuinely think he's going to win the gold medal, but we'll be very disappointed if something happens where he doesn't. So, I shouldn't say disappointed. I'll be I'll be surprised. I think Steber's old enough now where he has a little bit of that veteran. He could oh. he he could win that match. He was he's been on the scene for a long time. Nolf's young, right? Oh, it's a, yeah. He would win the freestyle match. Yeah. And probably the folk style match. Hmm. Don't get taken down, Nolf. <laughs> <laughs> That's my advice. You're entering a world of pain. Yeah. <laughs> a world of pain. Oh, man. Long episode. I uh, thank you so much for hanging in there with yeah. us. We're uh, not going to disappoint. You guys actually reach out and do what we ask you to do. We surprise you with a Gardner Webb interview. This is a good episode. Damn right it is. Yeah. We, you're, we're you're, not, welcome. You're, <laughs> you're, you're welcome. You're welcome. Oh, man. Well, thank you. I mean, honestly, thank you for reaching out. Um, thank you for the questions. And it was it was kind of funny to get some Twitter feedback in the last week. Like you guys haven't asked for questions lately because I said it in the last episode. Anytime, please. And, and we're you know Kevin and I are kind of like, first of all, we're amazed that anyone listens to this. Like we forget that people actually listen to this. 
And even though the numbers tell us differently, like it's stupid how many people actually listen to this. Like, I don't know. Kevin and I's confidence is not at the level for how many people actually listen to this. <laughs> um, but seriously, any time, I mean, throw us a question. We are happy to talk about it at the podcast. I do have a tangent During to go on real quick before, Absolute, before well, we move anywhere else. We are not technically time limited because we're, you know, it's we a podcast. Don't so, give a fuck. Yeah, yeah. So please. So go on. Unpopular opinion alert. I don't know if it's unpopular or not. Loudon Swain sucks. That dude is weird as fuck. If you reverse the movie and you make it about shoot and you watch him train throughout the whole thing and work so hard and all, like, that is an inspiring fucking story. <laughs> and then he loses and you're like, no, shoot turns out to be a great wrestler after the fact. I guarantee it. Is that the Vision Quest sequel? It's, there's gotta be no 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 no. The Vision Quest sequel is just Brian Shoot, just from his perspective. Yeah, yeah. Why not? And then after he loses, he has to like in the duel, he has to do some soul searching to get ready for the state tournament and everything. Yeah, that's the fu- that's a movie that needs to be made right there. Loud and Swain, he Weird loses dude. to some hippie with long hair. He. he- Dude, Loudon Swain said things in the movie like, I just, I want to be a gynecologist so I can see inside women. That was a quote from the fucking movie. See the power they have over me. Really? That's creepy as fuck. Even for like a 17, 18 year old dude. Somebody's got to tell him that's not okay to tell people. I'm not I, I, wrong. I'm not wrong in that. <laughs> I, we need a uh, we need like a GoFundMe page for the for the movie. This Vision Quest sequel from Shoot's perspective. I I'll think. play Shoot. You don't need to ask questions about why he's bald and old <laughs> and, and a lot darker hair. A lot darker hair and looks nothing like him. It'll be really good though. It'll be like it's always in sunny in Philadelphia when they redo the Lethal Weapon movies. <laughs> <laughs> I I always love. My my dad, who is a, a bit of an odd duck, but he was like a varsity wrestling coach for like 20 years. And if you ever brought up Vision Quest, my dad misses a lot of social cues. He's kind of in his own world, which I don't know if that caused me to be more outgoing or caused me to be my weird self that I am now or whatever. Who Fuck it. Who gives a shit? But he, he, he seems to miss a lot of social cues. He, he, he is in his own cloud. And... Um, I remember like asking him about Vision Quest, and he was like, "Ah, that movie sucks. Guy cuts weight for like a fucking hour to face a guy three times his size." <laughs> Only opinion he had of the movie. <laughs> like the rest of the movie didn't matter. He just could not get over that one fact <laughs> that shoot was jacked and Matthew Modine was not. And the whole movie was about Matthew Modine making weight so he could <laughs> wrestle the guy. Like, that was my dad's big hang-up um, with the movie. So it just kind of always cracked me up in a way. I just like on the back of the box it says, looking for a sexy drifter or something about a sexy drifter. Linda Florentino. She looks really good in Men in Black. Yeah, she was good in Men in Black. She was in Dogma. Oh, yeah, Dogma. Yeah. Underrated movie as yeah. well. Yeah. That's a movie you never see. Like, you'd think that'd be a good movie to have, like, in the HBO stars. Yeah, just kind of. Netflix rotation. 
it come just, across it. Yeah, you never never really stumble across it. It was enjoyable. I did like that um salty walk on at Salty Walk on on Twitter throughout their wrestling movies, Ladies Man. Because (laughs) now Ladies Man has a very, very special place in my heart. My buddy Mike Anderson that I mentioned earlier um, that I I made run with me after watching Iowa the season. And uh, but uh, we used to watch Ladies Man. And we we probably watched Ladies Man like 40 times and we weren't stoners. Like we never smoked weed once. (laughs) So like somehow we just Ladies Man just like, you know struck a chord with us but um yeah the, Tim Meadows uh, him driving the Hummer with the wrestler as the hood ornament <laughs> and uh, I am a master of Greco-Roman wrestling uh, <laughs> do you want some oil no are you sure it has a lemon essence and it. it is delightful um but uh yeah so technically a wrestling movie uh the ladies man so I, I did a, I did appreciate that yeah. reference because that is a movie that I love. I watched that recently. It held up, I, at least in my heart. It, yeah. I, I laughed. One more thing before I forget, because I know I will. We were asked about Brent Metcalf stories. I need to share one. All right. Uh, at Fargo, the year I went, uh, 2003, um, he won the tournament. Shocker. Uh, in both Greco and Freestyle. And at one point was asked what he was doing, you know, they asked stupid questions. Hey, Brent, you know, what, what would you what you say you're doing to, to really wrestle so well and, uh, you know, be, be teching and pinning everyone that you wrestle? And he's like, well, you know, you, you come here and you you just prepare and you try really hard and, and you know, that's all you can really ask for. So anyone who's out there wondering what you need to do to be the best in the world, you just need to try really hard. That's all Brent Metcalf ever needed to do in high school was try really hard. <laughs> so if you're not getting the results that you want, you know what the problem is. Well, and that's like one of the funny things you and I always talk about where like we sort of joke about going to the um, Kevin Jackson like camp. Yeah. <laughs> Where, like, Kevin Jackson's probably, like, you shoot a shot and the guy falls down in a heap of pain. Yeah. Like, no, no, I'm slow and white. Yeah. (laughs) Like, what technique do I use to where I can get him to step? And, like, Kevin Jackson's just like, no, I just shot. It worked. worked. I don't know why. (laughs) You're stepping, right? (laughs) You're doing the penetration step. Oh, yeah, I guess just not as well as you are. And, like, Ben Askren's like, all right, so he shoots on you. You fall to your back. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I've done that plenty of times. <laughs> and then he re- and then you flip over, and he's on his back now. And you're just like, no, that doesn't work for me. Yeah. Like, I don't really I, – like, I just get pinned a lot. <laughs> like, no, if I go to my back, I'm getting pinned. Yeah. Like, Or I'm at least giving up five points. Like Nick Simmons said – to Big Dick Immel. Basics win. Very Want to know the basics. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I sort of believe in not great wrestlers coaching because of that yeah. aspect. Like, they don't really understand what us common folk go through. Yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot of mental battles you have to get through <laughs> for that double leg to work. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so. All right, guys. Well, thank you for putting up with this. Um, you know, thank you for uh, Coach Daniel Elliott from Gardner Webb. Um, you know, make sure to give him a follow at Daniel O. Elliott. Um, Kale Sa- he has 574 followers only, but Cal Sanderson is one of them. That's so, all you need. So if Cal Sanderson's following him, they're like tenacious D cock push-ups. One's all you need. <laughs> so go follow him and. Uh, we Cliff Keen Las Vegas should be awesome this week. Tune into that and uh we will we will see you next week. Stay cool, rock on.